a lesson where we talk about tithes and offerings because a lot of times people don't understand what tithes and offerings are. So for years, we never did anything. And do uh, you guys remember we were sitting in a, a leaders meeting and I was approached by two people that said, you need to teach on tithes and offerings. And I hadn't taught in so many years, so you need to do it at least once a year. So anyways, uh, that was some of the leaders that requested that. So this is, we thought it'd be, I thought it would be a good time to do it the, towards the beginning of the year. Um, so um, that's what we're going to talk about today. This is... Um, the faith promise we're going to be talking about today. We won't take any faith promise, hand out any of the cards till next week because everyone will have a chance to pray about it throughout the week, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. And we will talk about what is faith promise and uh, what are tithes, what are offerings, giving, and all that good kind of stuff. So we are going to start and we will stand to honor God's word. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 is where we're going to start. And I think that I have some Bible quizzers, actually, that could come quote this. What? Oh, she had it up there? Okay. Which Bible quizzer knows Proverbs 3, 5 through 3, 10? Joel? Joel, come on up, son. Okay, I want you to look out this way, and I want you to quote Proverbs 3, 5 through 3, 10. Try to speak it clear, because sometimes it's hard to understand his speech. And then Christy could put this up, but you can't look over here, okay? You have to look forward this way. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy bonds be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall boast out with new wine. Amen. You may be seated. All right. <laughs> Uh, Brother Sharan, would you ask the Lord's blessing today? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. All right. So, because it just so happens that uh, we came from a Bible quizzing tournament yesterday, I thought I probably should tell you guys how they did, right? All right. So... <laughs> Regina um, is quizzing with Zachariah Williamson. The two of them are uh, quizzed at this tournament. Um, it's a double elimination tournament. Every team, in order to be eliminated, you have to lose twice. So uh, Regina and Zachariah, they went through and they won the first round. They were the only undefeated team at the end of round one. So then uh, round two they played, and whoever wins round two has to come back. They all have one loss now, right? And they're playing each other until there's one team that still has one loss. 
and that was Sacramento, and they quizzed against um, Regina and Zach, and they beat them that first game. And so that means they had to play again because it's a double elimination tournament, and the Sacramento beat them again. So they ended up with second place. But they did do well. Regina came home. They got a second place team trophy. And Regina got an individual trophy where they take the top five quizzers of the tournament and they create an all-tournament team. And Regina was in the top five and she didn't bring her personal trophy to show off today. I asked her if she brought it. She said, she said no. And then um, I got to be a coach because, you know, this happened uh, several months back where Joel and Judah were talking to me and they said, Dad, there's no one who, I don't, we don't know who's going to coach us. No one's to coach us. And they told me that I had never coached them. And I got to thinking, my wife did all their coaching through juniors and I guess I had never coached uh, Judah and Joel. And I said, well, I'm not an easy coach. I have high expectations, so when I give you guys assignments, I expect you to do them. And so, um, so I gave them their assignments, and Joel has met and got up to my assignments. He's got the foundational level accomplished. Judah, not quite there, but he's getting close. He's, he, he worked, he's been working real hard. And then uh, my nephew, Caleb, quizzed with us, and he's, he was getting close. And uh, so we played our first game, and I didn't really know the quiz writer for this tournament. I hadn't heard his quizzes, so I said, let's hold back a little bit. Let's quiz the question. We're not quizzing against those people over there on the other side of the table. We're quizzing the question. We got to hit in the good spots. And so we won. And then we played again, and we won. Then we made it to the first round championship game, and we played against Stockton, and Stockton has a really great quizzer um, named Grant Lopez. His father is Eli Lopez, and he's just a really great quizzer. And we lost, but it was a close game. We were in it for uh, till, till the end, really. It came down to the wire, and so we lost, so we had to go play in round two. And then in round two, we lost to a team uh, from Rio Linda. And um, so it was another game that we were ahead for a while. Then all of a sudden, we, we made too many mistakes in that game. And so I told them that we, made, we must have made seven mistakes. So I said, those mistakes cost you because you get minus half the value of the question. If you interrupt it, you get it wrong, a 30-point question, minus 15, plus the other team gets to hear it. That, they get the, if they get it right, that's a 45-point swing. For 20s, it's a 30-point swing. For 10s, it's a... So we lost. We ended up with third place. But um, they, these guys did pretty well for the first tournament of the year. They got a trophy. They, had, they gave out trophies to the top four teams. So they ended up with a trophy. They let their cousin take it home. So we don't have that trophy to show off either. So we have no trophies to show off, but we did end up with some trophies uh, at the tournament yesterday, and both our teams did very well. So I just wanted to brag on them just a little bit. Um, and I wanted you guys to hear Joel quote those verses because they are memorizing 
a few scriptures out of 1 Kings and also Proverbs this year. So, and I think the experience division, are you guys doing some Ecclesiastes? So, not the, um, I don't believe the intermediate has any Ecclesiastes, but the Regina's division does have some Ecclesiastes as well. So, that's what they're memorizing out of, and they know Joel and Judah have nearly 200 verses memorized for this tournament. Regina's, I don't know how many verses she's got memorized, but they have over 500 this year to memorize Regina and her division, and these boys have over 400. So it's a lot of verses, and, um, but it's hiding God's word in your heart. It is so valuable. There's nothing like it. When you hear God's word, when you read God's word, you quote it, you hear it. Somebody told me, uh, one of the parents of one of the quizzers, he said, when all of our children were quizzing, he said, it must be powerful for the word of God to be quoted as much as it's quoted in your house every single day. There's power in God's word. And it is. It's, there's something about it when you just hear the quoting and, and the work that people put into memorizing God's word. And maybe you don't quite understand the verse right now. But maybe someday when you hear the preacher preach and you get that rhema word of God where the under, your understanding is opened, it's very powerful. So very awesome. And so I'm very thankful that our Bible quizzers did pretty well. And we have a bread banquet today, which is Bible reading enriches any day. And we're encouraging everyone to read the Bible through in an entire year. I quit. I, I uh interview or I asked brother Fernando last night I said do you know what the middle verse of the Bible is and he said Psalm 118 verse 8 and well depending on what you read that is what a lot of people say Psalm 118 verse 8 and um, but some people say the middle chapter Psalm 117 so just depending on what you read and I haven't gone through and actually figured it out mathematically but it's right in that area and um, so we're going to be talking about that more a little bit later on when we talk at the bread banquet. So we're going to jump right into this, church finances. We read here uh, verse 9. Can you pull that up? It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. As I was sleeping last night, you know, you guys ever wake up every hour, every hour and a half? And I woke up with this scripture on my mind throughout the night. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And then I went back to sleep. And then I don't know what I was dreaming, but this scripture was going through my mind the entire time. And then I woke up and then I'm like, wow. The entire night. So then I pulled up my notes from last year. And you know what the scripture, very first scripture was on my notes from last year? Proverbs 3, 5 through 3, 10. So this morning I was reviewing, I go, you know, this is the first thing. And the Lord is just like, so I was researching and studying the scripture when I was up early. I was like, wow, it really is about honoring the Lord. Honoring the Lord 
This is done by trusting his way as it is revealed in his word. And we shouldn't rely on what we think or believe to be the best thing. We need to trust him and honor the Lord. So, um, so ensuring his providential guidance, making sure that his word can be applied to us is the product of acknowledging. If we look at verse 5 where we started, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him. So that product of acknowledging him as he relates to all of our ways, right? So that's what we're talking about. Um, acknowledging is from the Hebrew word yada in the call second person imperative. You know what imperative is? It's not a suggestion. It's like something you must do. It's imperative, right? It's in the imperative. The call stem gives it the meaning to know, to know. The second person directs the verb to you. You, second person, you, right? Um, you know, K-N-O-W, you must know, right? So <clears throat> this does not signify expressing the fact of a thing, but it expresses one being certain of the fact. You must know. In all thy ways, know the Lord, and he shall direct thy paths. In all of your ways, know him. So, um, knowing him in relation to our own ways allows us to admit that we have not perceived the true situation. And this allows us to fear the Lord. Okay? Um, so, honor the Lord with thy substance with your riches, with your wealth, material blessings, properties, etc. Give God his proper place in your thinking about your possessions. I didn't write this Bible, but this is for each and every one of us, right? I didn't write this. This was here written way before I was born. He is the one who supplies. He is the supplier. He is the owner. So you need to apply your material resources toward his purposes as a response to your knowing that he is the Lord. So it talks about the first fruits of all thine increase. So this does not refer to the tithe. The word first fruit, right? It actually doesn't say first fruit. It says first fruits, plural. It has an S on the end of it. So we've talked about tithes, plural. Anyone know what the word tithe means? One-tenth, right? It doesn't, uh, people say, you know, I think I'm going to give $5 for tithes. Well, that means your, 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 all your increase was 50 bucks. Right? If you paid your tithe, it's one-tenth 
It's actually what the word means. It's a set percentage. One tithe is one-tenth. But the Bible says tithe is with an S on the end of it. It's plural. It's not just one-tenth. It's tithes. More than one tithe is talking about in the scripture. So the first tithe, something for you to remember. The first tithe belongs to the Lord. It does not belong to the congregation. This tithe was used entirely to support the ministry. Entirely to support the ministry. It was compensation for the ministry not having an inheritance in the land. So you remember that Jacob had 12 sons. And one of those sons was the name Levi, right? He was the third son of Jacob. He was the son of Leah, right? And uh, all Levi's, descend Levi's descendants were the Levites. They were the ministers. From Levi came the priesthood, the you know, the high priests were descendants of Aaron and all the priests and all the singers and all the musicians and all the people that worked at the temple, the tabernacle, were all descendants of Levi. They did not receive an inheritance of land. They did not get what all the other tribes got. And so the Lord said, this is the first, that's the firstborn, right? Instead of God taking the firstborn sons out of every family, here's the tribe of Levi. And so they paid tithes to the Levites. That was their inheritance, right? They worked ministry. But you know, tithes were paid even before there were Levites. We see it back to Abraham paying tithes. We see Jacob paying tithes in Genesis 28, 22. We're not going to go through those scriptures yet. <laughs> We're staying right here in Proverbs chapter 3. But we see Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. We see, we see that Jacob paid tithes. And so the tithe was something that was even before the Levites. Um, it was a tithe and it was always due. If a man had not given all his tithe after three years, God added a 20% interest charge after three years. So every three years, the tithe payer had to give an accounting. We're not gonna, we don't have time to go through all the scriptures. There's a lot of them. That's what tithes are. Tithes go for the support of the ministry. Tithes do not go for um, fixing the light in the sanctuary. Uh, if something needs to be repaired in the house, that's not tithes. Tithes was for the income of the ministry. Just so you, so you know that, so you understand that. But there was a second tithe that the children of Israel paid. The second tithe also belonged to the Lord and not to the congregation. It was a second tithe that was required every year. The text specifies the Levite's portion, the first tithe, was not to be used for this purpose. The second tithe was given to the ministry to be used for the festivities and functions of the congregation that were known as the feasts of the Lord. And every man ate from his portion of the second tithe. 
during the feast, the set feast of the Lord. The ministry also was allowed all they needed or wanted of this tithe to be eaten during the feast. This tithe was to be eaten, eaten only in the place where the Lord chose to place his name. It was to be eaten only in his presence. Uh, this requirement also ensured the attendance of the people to the set feast. That's the second tithe. Okay. The third tithe. Um, it also belongs to the Lord, not to the congregation. It was to be given every third year only, not every year, as were the first two. It was to be given to the ministry for the distribution to the poor, for the distribution to strangers, and also to themselves so that all could eat and be satisfied. That was the third tithe. How often do people pay 30% in tithes these days? It doesn't really happen, right? And we're, I'm not preaching 30% tithes um, because, you know, thankfully, most of us only pay 10% if we pay a tithe at all. So that's what a t the tithes are. This is the different tithes, what they went to. Uh, it was to provide for the welfare of members of the congregation as directed by the qualifications of God's word. You know, a widow who is a widow indeed. We, we've talked about that before. The ministry was responsible for the proper distribution of this third tithe. Of the three tithes, only this third one could be delayed, right? If any tithe was not to be given on a time, on time, a penalty of 20% or one-fifth, the Bible says, was to be added to it. So, getting into this, it is important to notice that no facility of worship was ever built or maintained by any of the three tithes. None of them. So, tithe was for the support of the ministry. Think about that. Um, let's say... Um, Sister Catherine, you go to deliver some groceries. Uh, do you do that for free? No, you get paid. You've done some Instacart deliveries, and she gets paid to do that. Most of us, when we go to do a job, most of us get paid. And so the goal, I believe, of every church is to get a pastor who is paid full-time that comes out of the tithes obviously i do not receive tithes from this church because um, the only way the tithes can be used from for something else is if that pastor says okay um, that tithe can be used for something else i have not been receiving tithes from this church because the church is not big enough to support our family. But someday, if we get to the place where we could have a full-time minister who works, full, that's his full-time job. That should be the goal of every church, you know, starting out to get to the place. So tithes, remember, go to, to the support of the ministry. And then the offerings are something that, the Bible says, tithes and offerings, Offerings were something that were set aside for other things like that we do. And um, I don't have time to get through all these notes. So I'm going to try to get, summarize and give you guys as much as I can. 
So everyone understand what the tithes were for. We pay a tithe. I, we have not preached a second or a third tithe for many years. We, I, I just been paying a tithe, a 10%. That's a set amount. Offerings is no set amount. In fact, 2 Corinthians tells us, according as every man purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That is something that is a set, not a set amount, but it's something that you feel that the Lord has laid on your heart. Okay? According as every man, but the tithe is a set amount. It's biblically, it means one-tenth. So, None of the tithes can rightly be used for purposes other than the support of the ministry. It is, um, if that ministry wants to return the tithes as their own offerings for their purposes, that ministry is allowed to do that. Does that make sense? So the offerings were for the, uh, the you know, they would bring offerings if the tabernacle needed uh, to be rebuilt, that there's areas that needed to be repaired and fixed. Those came out of offerings, tabernacle, temple, um, Solomon's temple, Zerubbabel's temple. There's many examples here, but I'm not going to read through all of this stuff. We don't have time. But there's lots of scriptures. Look at, I'm just scrolling up, skipping, a lot of pages, you know, amen. Um, so... Every house of worship needs, needs biblical support. The tithe, the first 10% of all increase should be given to the ministry. Some percentage of your income should be designated uh, as offerings, right? It could be the building, facility, um, other types of things. Some percentage should be designated for those who do not have their own support. And in this case, we're talking about missionaries, Missions to the lost. Do the best you can in these other two areas, but in all you're doing, trust in the Lord. That's very, very important. Um, I like this statement here. Uh, Brother Readout mentions uh, something here. He says, I have not found any reference in Scripture or in history that the three tithes are required since the one temple was destroyed. So, isn't that exciting? Isn't that good news? <laughs> Where, I mean, look at your paycheck, 30% plus an offering immediately. But uh, quickly, I want to read uh, Deuteronomy 25, 24. says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out when he treads out the corn. 1 Corinthians 9, 6 through 19 or I only in Barabbas do not, or I'm just going to start at verse 6. I'm not going to read all of that. Or I only in Barnabas have not we power to forbear working, who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges, who planteth the vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof, or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock. Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Isn't that cool? That ox that's treading out the corn, no muzzle on it. It could put his mouth down and eat any time as it's working. It could benefit. We should be able to benefit, uh, reap the rewards of our own labor. 
Do you, do you see what this is saying? Don't, God's word says, don't muzzle the ox that's treading out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Yes, he absolutely does. Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope. The one who's doing the work, the one who's doing the plowing, plows in hope because he's going to be able to receive the benefit, the reward of his work. Okay? That he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. And then he goes on to say, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? So if, you know, I've heard a lot of people complaining, oh, these ministries, you know, they drive these fancy cars. Not all ministries drive fancy cars. Not all ministries have their own private jets and they can fly all over the world and they're on TV begging for more money. Not, I don't have my own plane. I don't have my own car. I don't have any of all that stuff. In fact, the church here pays for my cell phone. And the reason why they pay for my cell phone is so that you can call me at any hour of the night. That's what the way that it was said when Brother Buddy uh, brought that up in the meeting. He said, I would like to have the church pay for his cell phone so we can call him 24 hours a day. Um, the church also pays for my ministerial dues. So I have dues as a minister. Um, I have, uh, they got to be paid every year. Uh, this year, um, as part of my offerings, I paid most of my ministerial dues because I wanted to really see those numbers go up. You guys know what I'm talking about? We're shooting for some uh, money. So I, and part of my faith promise was uh, things that I offer to the Lord. So um, other things. The preacher is to live from things brought into the temple. He is to get all he wants according to Scripture. He was, you know, if you look at the example, what Paul was talking about, uh, Paul actually apologized in one case for not taking from one of the churches because they were, you know, we, we have it here. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 8. What's it say? I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service, right? And when I was present with you and, and uh, wanted and was chargeable to no man, so other churches raised money so he could go to this church at Corinth, and they rate to, to help pay for his expenses, and he took no money from that church. Now let's read 2 Corinthians 12, 13. For what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches? Here's how you were inferior to other churches, except you weren't really inferior except in this one way, except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you. Here's the problem. I was not a burden to you. Forgive me this wrong. I took wages from other churches. I didn't take it from you. I wasn't a burden to you. And forgive me this wrong. He called it a wrong, the Apostle Paul here. So we do see that the churches, and, you know, tithe, that's what the tithe represents. It represents the support of the ministry. It is my goal 
to never obligate the tithe. This church has no debt. I'm going to share with you some of the numbers that came in this past year. But if you look at the numbers, you say, yes. But a a large percentage of those numbers were tithes. And I cannot, I don't want to obligate the tithes in case I'm not here and there comes in another minister. I don't want to obligate the tithes because how, you know, right now I have a secular job. But I don't ever want to obligate the future tithes by locking us down with payments. And we're using tithe money to make payments. Does that make sense? Okay. So... First um, Timothy five seventeen through nineteen says, "Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor." That word honor, it actually means pay, double pay, right? So especially they who labor in the word and doctrine, especially ones who labor. Their labor's not out there chopping wood or, you know, doing this. Their labor is in the word and in doctrine especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. So that's what I wanted to share with you. There's so much more that I could share, but I, I want you to know that the offerings were free will. There's no set percentage. I was a youth pastor back when I was 19 years old, and the pastor said everyone should get 5% offerings. Tithe is 10%. Everyone should get 5% offerings. And I was not trying to be disrespectful, but I, he was out of town, the pastor, and I went to the assistant pastor. I was a youth pastor at that time. And I said, where in the Bible does it say to give 5%? And he said, I, I don't, I said, offerings, I've always been taught that it's free will. According as every man purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That word cheerful means ecstatic. That's why you see some churches, hey, we're going to be uh, passing the offering plates. And they start jumping and shouting and rejoicing because that, their pastor has taught them this is something that we give ecstatically. Right? So that's what it talks about. Just, you know, give cheerfully, excitingly. Yes. Destiny, I'm sorry I missed your phone call last night. We were just talking about how Brother Buddy was saying that, you know, I need to be able to have this 24 hours a day. And I I missed your phone. I was asleep. I just did not hear it ring. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> what is faith promise? I'm not talking about tithes and offerings. T- t- an offering, everyone has an income. You've got a job and you give. It's, you know, it's a, it's a set amount. Whatever the Lord's laid on your heart is your, uh, for your offerings. But you give. What faith promise has been something in the past that we have done to raise money to give to missions? to those who are overseas, because we want to be a blessing, not just here in Placerville, but across the ocean, on the other side of the world. And so um, 
we started doing Faith Promise a few years ago. Faith Promise is, let's say that, and this is what I would like you guys to pray about this week. You're asking the Lord to lay an amount on your heart. This is not part of your regular income. This is not part of your tithes and offerings. In fact, let me read this. I will read this. Faith promise works because it is purely biblical basis of giving. By faith, it is not what we give in stewardship, such as tithes and offerings. It is not sacrificial giving. Uh, Sacrificial giving is, you know, like the woman who uh, Jesus said that she gave all her living, right? That's reaching into, oh, here's my envelope that's budgeted to pay the electricity, and I'm going to give sacrificially out of that. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to pay my electricity now. Uh, that's sacrificial giving. I'm going to talk. It's not sacrificial giving. So tithes and offerings, when you've set your budget and when you've got all your, your categories and you've allocated money to all these different categories in your housing, and you're not, that's not what faith promise is. Faith promises you're asking the Lord to lay a number on your heart. It could be $10. It could be $10,000. But whatever that number is, you're saying, God, would you lay the number on my heart? And this is money that comes in over and above your income that's unexpected. This is money that is a complete surprise. This is money you weren't planning on at all. You had never budgeted for it, a completely unexpected. And you pray for the Lord to give you that number. And you're, you're, what you're saying to God is, God, if you give me this extra money that I'm not, it's not part of my regular income, I haven't budgeted for it, I will give that am- this amount to you. If the Lord was to say, hey, I, I want to bless the church with $5,000, but if I give it to Brother Fernando, he's going to go um, do something with it. So I don't know if I could trust him. Uh, if I give it to Jesse, uh, will he, you know? So could you be a, a tool that God could use to bless the church? That's all it is. And so what you're praying is for God to lay that number on your heart. And you pray Let's say God says 10,000, and you say, okay, anything above and extra. I'm not talking about things that you're, here, there's my normal weekly check, and all of a sudden you get a, a complete unexpected check in the mail. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. So in the past, let me tell you, just about, we didn't really focus on this too much last year. We, we, we kind of missed our, I don't, a lot of people missed our faith promise service last year. And so a lot of people didn't know what was going on. Christy, can you put, up, put it up? We had $8,404 um, $8, that came in in faith promise. Remember, this is not tithes and offerings. What you see in the pink is what came in, 7333 So if you say, Lord, you've laid this on my heart, you are not obligated to give it if he doesn't give it to you. You understand? This is faith promise. But most of the people who have ever uh, put down a number for faith promise have received the unexpected checks. It's amazing, within a month or two. Sister Kathy, she's not here. My mom, she's not in here, but they're back in the back. But my mom, within the first month, she's like, I got my faith promise already. 
And uh, I've heard of people, they, uh, they let's say, I, I gave my faith promise of a thousand. Extra unexpected thousand came in right away. And then I got another thousand on top of that. And I've seen that time and time again. People in this church, I wish Sister Kathy could be within the first month or two, not only did they get their faith promise money, but God gave them over and above that unexpected. And so that happened to me as well. So I have that testimony as well. I don't want to uh, tell you the amount that I wrote down in faith promise two and three years ago, but I immediately had the unexpected come in within a month or two. I think by March, Christy, poor Christy, she's standing here. She goes, okay, I'm hearing all these testimonies. God gave them their faith promise. It's February. It's March. Here's June. Here's July. Here's August. Christy's like, what about me, God? September. When did you get your faith promise? December? December. <laughs> Rosette was the same thing, right? Rosette was like, she wrote a certain amount down. She goes, I... Uh, everyone's talking about they got their faith promise January. They're already, they already got the unexpected. February. Rosette, when did you get yours? Oh, midway through the year. Oh, that's boring. December, right? <laughs> but Christy was like, she was just asking me, how, could, how come I'm not getting anything? Now, did you get over and above your faith promise amount? Well, yeah. So... I'm just telling you that, that most of the people who have, now I would not be surprised because I gave in faith promises last year, but I had it mislabeled. I think truthfully, if we had our numbers right, we'd be above that 8404 because I don't think that's, any of that was mine. So I didn't label because sometimes on the, on the giving app, you don't have a way to label it faith promise. So I, I would not be surprised if we're well over that. We've got our numbers. This church gave last year 100 total, $107,731.30. That's between tithes, offerings, building fund, faith promise, fundraiser, general offering, other special Bible quizzing sheaves for Christ. You know, the, the list goes on. Most of that was tithes, 62397 uh, the second most was offerings, 11112 Oh, no, I'm sorry. The second most was the building, $20,964.13. So that was our giving. Now, what we have done, because we've had so much, 8000 and that wasn't even everyone filling those cards out last year, but we had 8000 come in and, eight, and uh, Faith Promise cards. We'll have those next week. You guys are to pray about it this week. But we had 8000 come in, and obviously we don't spend 8000 a year towards missionaries right now. So we want to support missionaries. And so we decided that what we weren't doing in missionaries would be going towards our building. But we do have a missionary. This was a newsletter, and I will read this to you. This, they are the James Beak family. And this was in December. We received this. Let me read this to you. Um, they're missionaries to the UK and Channel Islands. They said, we are thankful for 2021 for Harvest Bible College. Year two interns that graduated this past summer. We are thankful for Preaching Point in Perth that had their first baptism. 
We are thankful for support in financing a new roof for Harvest Bible College and New Life Church Glasgow. We are thankful for your ongoing prayers and support. It said 2021 has definitely been a year of challenges here in the UK and Channel Islands. We have been in and out of lockdown restrictions, but through all of this, God has been moving in a mighty way. In Glasgow, Scotland, we have seen many new guests come to our live services and have remained. New Life Glasgow was able to host our National General Conference. It was a virtual general con conference, but we were, we were able to have live music. We have very talented individuals that were able to help and assist. In all that went on, we had a powerful move of God in the conference. God is moving around our city of Glasgow. We have started a prayer chain every night, and we are seeing miracle signs and wonders take place. Our daughter, Kayla, 12, Alexa, 9, are doing well with their schooling. Kayla is now in middle school, and we have transitioned to homeschooling uh, while Alexa is attending a Christian school in our area. Please continue to pray for them and all they do. Merry Christmas. This was last month. Uh, from our family to yours. And here's the newsletter from the James Beak family. This is a family we support monthly. But this year, we would like to have more missions going. Now, the monthly support to support a missionary is $50 a month. And so our church sends 600 a year. It comes out every month, actually, 50. So when they get partners in missions, PIMs, um, we can support them for $50 a month. So our missionary budget is going to be based upon what comes in for the um, Faith Promise next Sunday. So just be praying about that during the week. Is there any questions? You guys understand the difference between tithes and offerings and what Faith Promise is? So is there any questions? Sister Christy. Yes. So we decided that we, for our missionary services, we do, ha we do pay, have to pay for them. Sometimes we have to pay for a motel if, when they come. Uh, if we try to get them on a Sunday, um, it's very hard because all the pastors want to use Sunday. So it's very hard to get a missionary here on a Sunday unless you get a hold of Brother Thomas very quickly. And there's only seven or eight missionaries coming through our district throughout the year. And I haven't made the phone call to him yet because I don't have a budget yet. And so probably all the Sundays are swallowed up, which means it would probably be a midweek, a Tuesday. So... Um, Anyways, that's how we, can, uh, we would establish our budget uh, for missions. We would give them a love offering and try to take them on as a missionary. Some of the uh, last two missionaries that we had, um, they said, oh, we don't need your partners in mission. I'm like, okay, we had you come here. So what are your recommendations? Because, you know, we wanted to have. So it might be that if we're not able to get a missionary here, that we can definitely call the missions board and say we want to donate so much per month towards missions for this year for 2022 and so that's missionaries around the world uh, all the countries most countries and we i should have brought the if i would have thought about it i have the map that has our the entire world and all the missionaries that are um, around the world so anyways um, that's what we have going on we also have 
coming the first Sunday in March, we have uh, the Gideons are, will be here. So that, I believe, is March. What's the first Sunday in March? Whatever the first Sunday in March is, they'll be here, and they do a little 15-minute thing, and um, we give them a love offering, and they are the ones who place Gideon Bibles in the uh, motels. They place them in the they give them at hospitals. They used to give them out at schools. I don't know if they do that anymore. But um, how many are, have ever used a Gideon Bible when you're in a motel? <laughs> I certainly have too. So um, <clears throat> that's what it is. Any other questions? Every, everything pretty clear? Every, everything pretty clear? Um, fundraising, we brought in a little over 2,000 this past year. And we are still waiting to be able to, um, to know what's going to happen with this building. Because if we know what happens with this building, I, more than anything, really want, if we can at all, you know, whatever it takes to be debt-free. Because I really think that this city deserves a full-time pastor. I just believe that. So that's, that's what I want. I think that should be our goal here for this church. And um, so any other questions? My wife. All these, like this missionary, that's why they send us a newsletter, because they know we support them. So um, if we take on a missionary, we will usually get uh, newsletters from them throughout the year. And um, really, we should have one Sunday a month. I'm supposed to do this if I was on top of it. But um, read, go through the missions letters and uh, just remind everyone about missions and um, things like that. So um, that could be a Sunday that we try to remember. Um, but as we take more missionaries on, we'll get more of these news newsletters. Once we have our own building, they give us a plaque, and we can have a plaque. I don't know if you guys remember anyone that was here when uh, we owned Oak Hill. My dad had all these plaques of missionaries on the back wall that we supported. And so uh, the Lord blessed us. The Lord blessed us so that we could give to them. Isn't that amazing how that works? And, um, and so it seemed like um, I heard this story from Elder Brother. This was uh, Brother Urshan. Um, and uh, <clears throat> this happened. I shared it with the leaders a number of years ago, and I can't remember the exact wording, but... The, the pastor of the church, um, he saw the finances. He knew how much came in. It was a small church, and the church said, we want you to be able to be full-time, and we want you to be able to receive this much. And he said, the church can't afford that. And they said, you've got to. And I think a special speaker came and encouraged them to do it. And so they started giving that pastor that income, and uh, the church was started being blessed financially. 
So God does do blessing. He does bless. And we want to be one of the arms in which God uses to bless ministry throughout the world, not just here locally, but throughout the world. So that's what it is. Any other questions? Sister Katrina. Suggestions? What do you mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I got you. Um, I don't know exactly how that works. Are they on a deputation right now? Okay, so the way that it works is a missionary, in raising their budget, they go from church to church to church. That's called deputation. That could be anywhere from a year to two years where they raise their budget. And um, as they go through to the different churches, and uh, churches will become a partner in missions with them, PIMs, and they'll donate five fifty a month. And let's say you get, let's say their budget is 5000 a month, um, then they will need, what, what is that? A hundred churches at $50 a month to partner in them with missions. And so um, what usually happens is I will look at the missionaries that are on deputation uh, because they go from church to church and try to schedule them here. If they're already in the mission field, they may they probably have their budget raised. But the, the other thing I can do is contact and say, hey, we just, you know, is there any that still need a partner that we could, you know what I mean? So that's a way, I guess, that we could do it. I, I'm not really familiar with, I've never really done that, called the director of global missions and asked that, that particular question. So, but that's how the PIMs work. Any other questions? All right. And we, my dad used to do it this way. This was pretty cool. When we would have uh, missionaries come, anybody in the church say, I want to be a partner in mission. So they would sign up individually. Did you ever do that, Brother McAtee? And um, Sister B, did you do that? And so they would give their PIM, and they would get the newsletter sent to them, and then they, they could bring it on Sunday. So it wouldn't, it's not always the church. Sometimes it's individuals who do a partner in mission. So we've done that in the past as well. So that's how it works. So next Sunday, Christy's going to have the Faith Promise, uh, which is mainly going to be for the building fund and uh, for missionaries and the building fund this coming year in 2022. All right. I know this was sort of like a Bible study slash business slash whatever, but um, it, I really believe uh, this is a something that's important to remind everyone of once a year, and because uh, sometimes we forget. Sometimes, you know, we need these to be reminded of these things, and um, I've, I've also discovered that even if you're not paying tithes, you're paying tithes. You might be just paying it to um, the, the auto mechanic down the street. Because Malachi chapter 3 says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And um, I remember, I think it was John Whitman who had a testimony that he didn't pay tithes 
and he had these unexpected things broke down and he had to pay for repairs and he calculated the amount in repairs and it was his tithe. So he paid tithes. He just didn't pay it to where he wanted to pay it. <laughs> so um, I've been paying tithes for a number of years and the Lord has blessed our family. He's seen us through some difficult time. It, when you pay tithes, there's no promise that you'll become wealthy. There's no guarantee of that. But I do feel like the Lord has uh, blessed us because we have learned the importance of giving. Amen. And I also heard this from uh, Dave Ramsey. He said, people who don't give, they're grumpy, stingy people. But givers, they're so pleasant. They're... They're just, they're just great people. There's something that, something that happens, I think, when you give and you love to give and you love to be a blessing to people. There's something that takes place. Some people, all they do is take. But um, I want to be one that uh, is able to give. There's been times I wasn't able to receive because I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to give. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, I don't... Silver and gold have I none, <laughs> but such as I have, give I thee, right? In Acts 3, in the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up and walk. I don't have silver and gold, but I'll give you what I do have, and so, which isn't much. And so, um, praise the Lord. Uh, that's our service on giving. No more questions? Okay, great. I'm going to have Brother McAtee pray in closing today.